0: You're listening to episode one. Okay, hey, welcome everyone. Thank you for listening today. I have this amazing woman on the call with me. Her name is Jen Sang Yao, and she is one brilliant woman. So I want you to listen and hear what she has to say. I want her to to give you a little idea of what it's like. She I used to work with this woman, so she's fascinating. Welcome Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Um well, I'm currently living in Los Angeles, California and working as a writer. I freelance. Um I uh, do some ghostwriting. Um, I, a couple years ago, helped a woman uh, write her memoir, actually, in Hawaii, and um, it ended up winning an award, surprisingly, uh, which was kind of fun, uh, and I'm, kind of, I'm also working on another one that I'm co-authoring, again, with somebody out of Hawaii, and hopefully that one will be out um, uh, by the middle of next year, depending on how we decide to publish it. Um, I also am an actor pursuing a long-time dream of mine since I was very young to act and will be in my first film this Saturday, so I'm very excited about that. Um, And Other than that, um, staying busy, keeping in shape, and um, doing some personal training. Um, and I do some nutrition consultation. So, Janin, you know that I've always been sort of the person who has to have 8,500 things going at once. <laughs> <That's a laughs> that hasn't thing. changed.
0: Yeah, that's a typical woman thing, unfortunately, you know. But hey, we can't, we can't stop those creative juices from flowing, right? So, well, good. Thank you. I'm glad that's that right. you're here. So, you know, I want to get into a little yeah. bit about how I know you first, I worked with you at a private school that you were a principal at called Island Pacific Academy. Just really loved how you thought and how you worked and how you just treated everyone and how you ran the school and, and everything that you did. I was just really impressed. You know, obviously we don't get there overnight, right? There's steps that we take right. and things that we have to go through and, and all of that. And mm-hmm. I know you moved to L.A. from mm-hmm. Hawaii, which mm-hmm. I'm really sad. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me now, what was it like going from having a job and a secure paycheck? Mm. What was it like going to um, starting your own type of business and mm. just starting something new from scratch? What what was that like for you?
1: Uh, terrifying. Um it's yeah. I mean, the security of a paycheck is probably the first thing that you miss. Yeah, <laughs> right away. Um, and when I first moved to Los Angeles, I actually was fortunate enough to be working with a director who I had met um, in a workshop that I had taken, and was doing writing his newsletters and um, really kind of learning the ropes of storytelling and um, and acting because he teaches directors how to work with actors, and so I kind of looked at it as as I was getting an education. Um, not for free I mean I was doing it for work and he couldn't at the time pay me very much but what I got in return was understanding how the business worked a little bit and and like I said getting the, this, the skills in storytelling to become a writer that you know I normally would have had to pay a lot of money for so that kind of worked out nicely well but that's yeah.
0: great though because you actually knew him from when you were actually living here in Hawaii right?
1: Right, yeah, I took an autobiographical storytelling workshop with him.
0: Yeah, so so Mm -hmm. that's good so that you made that connection beforehand. Right. So that's great.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and from there things just, I think if you're just open and you kind of have a pretty clear idea of where you want to go, certain doorways will open up. You just have to be on the lookout for them um, in order for that to happen. But, you know, a couple of years ago, I've been on this path for about five years now, and a couple of years ago, things got really tight financially, and I did the thing that I really didn't want to do, which is I went back to education for a couple of years, um, and I tutored and made ends meet that way. Yeah, well, that's
0: that's something I think that is really important for women to know is that sometimes you have to do those things in the meantime to help mm-hmm. support the the new adventure that you want to take on you know whether it be a a business or a a a trip somewhere right so that's good well thank you for saying that because sometimes you know we a lot of people believe that well you just set out to do a business and boom you're making money and everything's fine and i wish (laughs) that's not always the case yeah exactly
1: yeah, it's but you know the interesting thing about it, and and one of my dear friends uh, who you know, Cami, she told me when I set out on this adventure, she said, "Well, Jen, she said you might just have to get used to being a little bit uncomfortable for a while, exactly. you know, until things mm-hmm. until things come through and and be okay with that, and just trust that whatever you need will show up when you need it." So. You know, even now, five years later, I mean, financially, I'm okay. I'm certainly not where I would like to be, and I don't have the freedom to do a lot of things that I would like to do, but the dream of, be- of being a well-known published writer or landing on a TV show or, you know, whatever aspirations I might have for my arts, um, it's worth feeling a little bit uncomfortable because... Uh, who who I've discovered I am or ways that I change as I've gotten older, too, through this. That's all part of that journey.
0: It sure is. Now, at first, when you're feeling uncomfortable, you're thinking, why am I doing this? Did you feel like that, too?
1: (laughs) I can't even tell you how many times I almost went back to teaching full time. I can't (laughs) tell you how many times I almost called up the headmaster at IPA and said, you know, I'm throwing in the towel. Let me come back. And, you know, thank God for the people who love me and weren't willing to let me do that. Right. Um, and I know. think
0: that's important that we do have people around us to support us that way. So right. that we can go make it through all those hard times when we are working on what really makes us happy and what our dreams are. Mm-hmm. So, so that's great.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a great quote, and I can't for the life of me remember who said the quote. But it basically says, you know, you can't seek out new horizons if you're going to keep clinging to the shore.
0: <laughs> and that's perfect if you live in Hawaii, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. And, and I think the key is, and this is a different quote from a different author, is, you know, once, once you've set out and once you've started swimming, swimming and, and, you know, things get rough, you have to really resist the urge to swim back for shore. Yeah, because it would have been so much easier for me to uh, put in my resume to be a principal or a dean or something here mm-hmm. in L.A. at any of the private schools around. I mean, it's, it's, there's a I have a connection at one of um, a very famous school here. The associate head was the head of school at the Maui Waldorf School, and I know him. You know, and oh. so it's not it's not like I didn't have those opportunities, but right what it came down to was I gave up the security for a reason and to have given up all of those things to to turn back didn't seem worthy of having given that giving it up if that makes any sense at all
0: yeah it does
1: definitely
0: well and it's always easier to go back to what you know and what you've done and Mm -hmm. you know it's always easier, but that's not always what makes us happy.
1: Exactly. And I think we've reached a certain point in our lives where, at least for me, it was like I had done all the things I was quote-unquote supposed to do. Right. And now I figured, well, it's time for me to do the things I want to do. The, the right. first half of my life was to sort of please everybody else and mm-hmm. that. And then I said, okay, that's it. You got those 40 years. The rest of my life is for me, and yeah,
0: yeah. you, you were know? one of those good girls that
1: listened to your parents. Oh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to say, I have shed the good girl persona. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: Okay, so that actually leads me into the next question that I want to ask you: Is how did you learn to manage your money? Because when you have a steady paycheck, mm-hmm. it's easy to know that you have a certain dollar amount coming in every two weeks or however often you get paid. And then when you go from that to having your own business and doing your own thing on the side, the income is not steady. Right. Did you learn to manage your money as, as a young adult or a kid? Or how did you...
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's different. You have to shift. And I think, um, you know, when I was getting a regular paycheck, I would put 10% aside into a savings account, and so that was was hugely helpful when I first started out. Of course, you know, that doesn't last very long, but... Well, what uh, made you
0: decide on putting 10% on on the side? Say that again? What made you decide to put 10% on the side in savings?
1: I, I don't know if I read it somewhere, or a friend of mine had said something. I think I probably read it somewhere that, you know, when you're deciding how much to save, that that's kind of a good amount to always you know put aside it doesn't even have to be 10% I, I think I've read in different places just pick an amount mm-hmm. and make sure that you set it aside and 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 act you know before you pay any of your bills just take it right off the top because you really don't even know that it's missing right um, and it's not you know not missing obviously but you don't notice it in sort of <laughs> your your disposable income
0: right that's a good um, habit to have actually
1: yeah so but now, you know, I don't I don't really have money to put in a savings account. I mean, depending on what I'm working on, like so when I'm working on a book, I get paid per draft and so I get sort of big chunks of money that come in and then I live off that and then I'll supplement it with other small copywriting jobs or I'll get asked to write an article or Whatever, oh, that's um,
0: great that you yeah. have those other income generating opportunities.
1: Right, and it's about being open to that and, and not being afraid to talk about what you do. Or
0: exactly, you know, I always say that you should yeah. always be open and ask questions because right. you know we a lot of us aren't taught how to deal with our money and manage it and any of that growing up, and a lot of us have to just kind of learn it on our own and. Sure. There's a lot of shame because we don't want anybody to know that we don't know how to manage or, or deal with our money and right so that's what I say a lot is women really need to to ask and get help and
1: yeah it, it, and it's and people it's interesting people are so willing to to help out I mean yes you know, I think we get hesitant about that but when I was tutoring, my job at the time was to shadow teach a boy with who was severely dyslexic. And so basically I went with him to his classes and then certain classes I would pull him out of and I would help remediate his reading. Mm -hmm. And from that, um, it was a very small, it was a Catholic school and it was a very tightly knit community. But word got around that this is what I was really good at Uh was reading recovery and this sort of thing. And so I picked up extra tutoring clients that way. It wasn't really something I was looking for it just sort of presented itself, and so I think it just again, it just goes back to the thing of understanding that at least how I look at it, the flow of money, is you have to just sort of be open to allow it to come in whatever form it's going to come. Right. There's always
0: so, many opportunities around. To
1: absolutely. Make money. Yeah, absolutely. But to answer your, your previous question, so what I do now is whatever I have is I set a monthly budget. And like I said, because I'm fortunate to have enough in my savings account, if I, over, if I overextend that budget, uh, <laughs> then, you know, then that's okay. But I really do try to stick to a certain amount of money. And, and so, yeah, there, you know, I don't go clothes shopping very often anymore. And I don't know where I would put, I have so many clothes, I don't know where I'd put new stuff anyway. But, uh, but things well, like eating good. out. I'm
0: sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's good because you have actually made your dreams a priority over shopping mm-hmm. and buying unnecessary things. Right. Which I think is so important that people need to know. You know, sometimes it's just easy. Oh, this is on sale. That's on sale. Oh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just buy a little. But next thing you know, all of that adds up and, and then you don't right. have any money to, to continue following your dreams because you need money to right. live on. Yeah.
1: Right, but I think it's also important to understand that things like money are expansive, and so mm-hmm. I don't deny myself things, right. you right. know, um, because there's also a way that if you start clenching around that, yeah. then you stop the flow, yeah. so yeah, it's, definitely. you know, I buy what I need, I buy the quality that I need, and do I never shop? No, but I'll tell you, it's interesting how how things work is that a, a friend of mine was unloading her wardrobe and I came home with 17 new dresses.
0: <laughs> I love a,
1: that. Yeah, and she and I have very similar tastes and we're the same size and so it's like, well, I don't need to go shopping, you yeah. know. So 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 I think that's that's been I think the greatest or most fun part I guess about living with sort of this level of uncertainty financially is things really do just show up yeah. in the most amazing ways.
0: Well, I um, think it goes back to how you really, really want to fulfill your dreams. And yeah. and when you do, you're so open to everything. that mm-hmm. All these wonderful opportunities that have come your way, you actually were open to them. And, right. and that makes a big difference.
1: It makes a huge difference. I think you're right, absolutely, that the openness is... And, and having faith that what you're going after is what's right for you. Right. Because if the moment that you start doubting that, again, you start kind of clenching around it and things can't move and things can't flow. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think I also had to let go. And this was a hard thing for me because, you know, I'm so independent. <laughs> uh, I had to let go of the fear of being broke. Yes. You know, once I let that go and I understood, and a friend of mine I was talking to not too long ago, and I was saying, you know, this fear of being homeless or this fear of of living out of my car, and he just looked at me and he said, you're crazy. He said, you have so many people who love you so much and want to see you succeed. There is no way any of us are going to let you live out of your car.
0: Yes, and that is so true. We would never, ever.
1: Right. No, I mean, I've got, I've got couch invitations on three continents. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I think it's, it's really letting go of those fears. I mean, being practical about how you're managing your money and being practical about you know, maybe taking jobs that, that you're not really wanting to. But the thing with the tutoring when I did it was I was very clear I didn't want to teach full-time again uh-huh. because that was going to take away the time that I needed to do what I'm, you know, with the writing and the acting and those sorts of things which take up a lot of time and energy. Um, so it's also knowing where your limitations are and saying, am I supplementing my dream or am I, or am I moving backwards from it and going for what's safe and trying, you know, so try to find that middle ground. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely.
0: There, there's so much to think about, but I think when you're so passionate about something that you really, really want,
1: yeah. you, know,
0: you you have... All, it seems like all of a sudden you have that ability to think of all the different aspects of what you're doing and, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: really think about things. Right. So what? So let's talk a little bit about the challenges of working for yourself. Because sure. you have a job. You, yeah. know, you have to show up at a certain time. You can only leave at a certain time. And you have certain That's things that need to be done but when you work for yourself and you work at home, that's a whole nother story. So yeah,
1: <laughs> I spent a lot of hours in Starbucks when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, I mean, it's, It's lonely. You know, and um, when you work by yourself and for yourself. And so I had a hard time adjusting, going from the school where I had a staff of 17 and 180 crazy middle schoolers. And, (laughs) you know, and they're even crazier parents. And you then all of a sudden, you're just by yourself and you're operating at a totally different speed. So, yeah, I had a hard time sort of finding a way to exist being alone and doing what I need to do. And what I discovered, and it took me several years to do this, what I discovered is that I'm not good at being alone a lot. So that's where the personal training comes in. So that allows me to be around people for a while and then also gives me space to come back and do what I need to do on my own. So, yeah, you have to have a certain amount of discipline and you have to. But I think you also have to be very forgiving. And because the day is basically wide open for me. So I can mm-hmm. start working at 6 in the morning or I can start working at 10 in the morning or I can start working at 2 in the afternoon. And as long as I get done what I need to get done, it doesn't really matter when I do it. Right. And that's, that's a different mindset.
0: And that's one thing nice about doing your own thing is that you have the freedom to make your own schedule too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that that's really important. That's for sure. Because everybody's different Some people like to work in the morning And some people right. like to work late at night
1: Yeah, so you, ha- you have to find what works for you And I'm all- you also have to know how- What your energy output is So for me yeah. Yeah. I'm much better at Like for instance I'm working on the second draft of this book And so next week I- I'm going into what I call my cave time And I basically won't really see anybody For a week oh, and-, and I'll write 10 to 12 hours a day so that's sort of my rhythm is that I take chunks of time and I just disappear into the work and then I come up for air and then I spend some time recovering from that. That doesn't work for everybody. Right. Sometimes people need it to be more incremental.
0: Mm-hmm. At least you found what works really well for you. Yeah, that's you have that's, that's find, important.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have, if, I, if I'm working for, for a magazine or whatever and writing an article and obviously I have a deadline, then, then that's something different. Um, but if it's, if it's just for me um, or I have a longer set of time before I have a deadline, then I can be more flexible with, with how I use my time. And, and I think on that note, it's really important to remember not to forget to give ourselves weekends or not to forget to give ourselves days off. Yes, you, you have to build that into the schedule as well.
0: Yes, we have to have time to play and, and right. all of those other things. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Well, for everyone, I think they have to figure out how to balance what they're doing. And sometimes yeah. it, it does take a while. Like it's taken me a while as well, at least a couple years to figure it out <laughs> what right. works for me. Right. So, yeah. Well, this is fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think you're fantastic.
1: Well, thank you very much. I think you're quite fantastic as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love you so much. <laughs> well, I really, really want to thank you. Is there any, any way we can get in touch with you if any of the listeners are interested in having you ghostwrite for them or anything that they would have a question about? Is there any way yeah, sure. that they can um, get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, they can email me. My email is j-s-a-g-i-a-o at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Great. Um, and, um, yeah, and, yeah, i welcome any questions. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert, you know. I'm kind of figuring <laughs> it out as I go. But, but you know, I think it's just our dreams are worth it. And, and as long as we understand that the road there is just as important as the destination and what we learn about ourselves along the way then you can't lose really you know
0: exactly i agree totally (laughs)
1: yeah
0: i found that out myself as well so well thank you so much i appreciate it and
1: darling thank you
0: yes and i will talk to you soon Sounds good. Thank you for listening. It was great talking to Jen, and I think it was a very smart thing that she did by taking what she learned and read about money and applied it to her life by taking 10% of her pay and saving that for a time when she would need it. And when she was ready to follow her dream, the money was there. You can get the show notes for this episode on the Fashionable Finance Podcast website, at fashionablefinancepodcast.com forward slash 001. Jen's email address will be there if you are interested in knowing more about the work that she is doing. Mahalo for listening and letting me share some aloha with you.